me. Straighten the right, as in figure 12. Lift the right leg up. Pulse. Two, three, four. Roll onto your stomach, then to the left side. Bend the right knee. Straighten the left. Lift it up. Hold. Well, uh, it's about 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Grey Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. My partner, Jim Dwyer, is uh, enjoying this uh, last week of peace and quiet up north with the family. Well, deserve vacation. Might be a little chilly at night up there, though, at this point. We've had uh, perfect weather in my book for the last couple days, and hopefully, and it looks like it's going to continue. So take advantage of this perfect Michigan weather. I would say pure Michigan. I think that's the new uh, slogan that they're uh, that they've had for quite a number of years now, uh, promoting Michigan tourism. And uh, yeah, enjoy uh, the state of Michigan these last couple of weeks before Labor Day, and enjoy Ann Arbor. <laughs> Because people are moving out, and people are moving in, and they're going to be moving in next week en masse. The peace and quiet that we've had all summer is, alas, coming to an end. Well, people are moving out, and people are moving in in Libya. Obviously, Gaddafi is uh, Kaputsky. Uh, I've always said that it's difficult talking about Gaddafi because he's uh, complex, and I think that the American media has done a a poor job of uh, of uh, really sorting out what's going on uh, with this Libyan uh, situation, because I don't think it really applies to the so-called Arab Spring. Uh, we're going to give out plenty of brain damage awards uh, in connection to uh, the recently announced campaign of Rick Perry. Uh, he might have had one of the worst weeks I've ever seen a presidential candidate have. I'm sure he's endeared himself to some sort of a base. But getting back to Libya for the moment, uh, obviously who the rebels are, what they represent, what their agenda is, and what will happen to Libya in the future is a little unclear. But uh, Gaddafi, obviously, um, 42 years is a long time. Uh, that's longer than most monarchs uh, in the history of human civilization. And Gaddafi, of course, came into power in 1969 in a coup. Interesting that he has maintained uh, the title colonel. Uh, rumor has it that his sons are in custody, uh, at least two of three, apparently. And um, the, the real analogy, I think, with the Libya situation uh, is, is more comparable to what uh, happened with... Uh, uh, the air campaign against uh, Slobodan Milosevic uh, the second time around, uh, really applying to the Kosovo situation. Um, the Arab Spring, quote-unquote, did spread to Libya, and Libya, of course, is an enormous territory of, of land, but it has less people than Manhattan. So don't be uh, deceived by its size. It's mainly desert, some mountains, Lots of sand. And, of course, oil. And uh, Gaddafi has had a... Uh, I, I've always used the word iconoclast to describe him 
because it's the only way to describe him. He has been able to weave back and forth throughout his uh, leadership of Libya, both at times uh, making alliances with the United States and at times, uh, oh, particularly during the Reagan years, being sort of a whipping boy. Factually, I heard that NATO uh, flew, and this is, I'm using the CNN uh, data here uh, from last night. Uh, interesting how this story broke last night big time uh, as the um, rebels took a, a good chunk of uh, Tripoli. But it sounds like there's going to be uh, considerable street fighting for a couple of days. And whether uh, Muammar Gaddafi actually resurfaces is anyone's guess. Uh, NATO flew, according to CNN, 7,549 sorties. These, of course... Uh, were uh, basically air missions uh, that um, uh, the United States participated in. And I think that there's been some exaggeration by this, you know, so-called dispute about the War Powers Act uh, regarding whether or not it should have been applied, whether Obama was playing fast and loose with the rules here. The United States participated in these uh, NATO sortie attacks. And at one point, uh, it's uh, clear that... uh, this began to cost America uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, and I think the final cost will probably be somewhere between one and two billion dollars. That's not the same as the Iraq War, which cost us uh, one to two trillion dollars and counting. And uh, no Americans died uh, because this was air power, uh, and the air power, militarily speaking, softened up uh, Gaddafi's military capability to allow the rebels to achieve this so-called victory. That's where we're at. Where we're going is anywhere anybody's guess. But there was a big price that the uh, Western economies paid for this uh, policy of uh, assisting in the overthrow of uh, Muammar Gaddafi, because I, I think we can say that he's uh, pretty much gone at this point. Um, he certainly is not in control, but... Um, Street fighting, uh, chaos, uh, and this sort of thing will uh, probably ensue now for a couple of uh, weeks. Um, Let's remember that it took uh, the United States something like uh, nine months to find Saddam Hussein. And uh, it took them nine years to find Osama bin Laden. Um, So I think that Obama has been appropriately um, cautious uh, and that's consistent with his style. He doesn't seem to be one to uh, trumpet victory very successfully at times. In fact, I was commenting uh, recently when I went home uh, to visit my family a couple of weeks ago that I thought Obama <laughs> snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory when bin Laden was killed because within a week he was giving a uh, speech about immigration a really, really contentious and difficult uh, issue to handle uh, for any uh, leader uh, in the United States. Uh, The Republican Party, for uh, the record, has scotched all immigration reform bills uh, dating back to 2006, when uh, 2005, when this became a uh, an issue that the Bush administration attempted to handle. They're not interested in actually solving the immigration problem. They want to whine and complain about it and use it for political purposes. So it strikes me that the immigration issue is uh, one to avoid politically 
uh, because it's not likely to gain you many votes on either side. But in any case, uh, you know, ironically, uh, um, uh, Obama is on vacation at the moment. A lot of dispute about that, and I frankly am just going to give a brain damage award out to all the critics regarding the vacation. Um, so remember that in Obama's first year as president, his vacation was cut short uh, because Ted Kennedy uh, died while he was on Martha's Vineyard, so he had to immediately attend to the uh, legacy of the Kennedy family, go to funerals, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, why the far right is begrudging the president on the occasional vacation, he's nothing like his predecessor. Uh, let's remember that uh, during Bush's first year on the job, uh, before 9-11, which unfortunately we're going to hear way too much about over the next couple of weeks, in my opinion, um, George Bush, according to the Harper's Index, spent about 43% of his presidency either on vacation, going to vacation, or coming home from vacation. Uh, he was uh, spending way too much time on vacation and not attending to the uh, needs of the American people by any stretch of the imagination. There was even a weak recession going on at the time that, quite frankly, was uh, caused really by Enron, uh, one of the uh, one of his largest, uh, he was the recipient of more money from Enron than any other politician, I believe, in uh, American history. And of course, the lessons from Enron's bankruptcy were not learned uh, by the Bush administration regarding uh, regulation of either financial institutions or energy markets. Uh, the approximate cost, as I've noted, to this uh, um, Libyan situation, of course has resulted in the fact that the thousands of Libyans have died. But uh, because Libyans have invested their own uh, blood, so to speak, in um, overthrowing the Gaddafi regime, there strikes me, it's striking to me that this is likely to be a little more successful than any um, <laughs> Iraq attempt to uh, remake the Middle East, where Libya goes is anybody's guess. But I find it incredible that uh, John McCain can immediately come out and uh, criticize Obama for not acting sooner and that more lives were, were lost because uh, NATO didn't get involved sooner. Uh, I, I don't think that the facts support that, but the facts have rarely supported John McCain on anything related to the military. It's ironic here that I found uh, in... I, I, having some personal uh, issues at home. I have to move uh, the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, I've been sort of going through some files. And sure enough, I found uh, John McCain's editorial uh, in, published in the New York Times on the 12th of March, 2003, uh, one week before the Iraq War started. And if you want to get an idea of how much uh, John McCain knows about the Middle East or war, I'm going to read some of these uh, delightful delusions because uh, this uh, demonstrates with uh, certainty that John McCain uh, has been campaigning uh, politically uh, in public um, without his uh, space helmet for quite some time. John McCain, of course, is important because uh, he is the most frequently booked guest on the Sunday morning talk shows. Uh, I had a friend in... Uh, in high school that we had a kind of a, 
a nickname for it. His nickname was Gowdy. And we had a joke about him um, regarding him being an expert on, on everything. And John McCain thinks he's an expert on everything, including war. Uh, but alas, this uh, Iraq... Um, uh, Editorial proves uh, how uh, bizarre his thinking is. He, of course, attacks the critics at the time of the war and um, declares unequivocally that uh, the removal of the Saddam Hussein regime will be just, uh, claiming that the critics uh, have, have claimed that it would be unjust. But needless to say, that's not what the critics were really saying at the time. They were saying that it would be expensive, unwise, unwarranted, illegal, and unjust, perhaps. Um, and anyway, uh, I'll read a couple of paragraphs here uh, to demonstrate John McCain's uh, utter um, fantasy, fantasy, fant fantasy thinking uh, regarding war. Um, he asserts the main contention is that we have not exhausted, i.e. the United States, has not exhausted all nonviolent means to encourage Iraq's disarmament. They have a point. If not to exhaust the means, America will not tolerate the failure of nonviolent means indefinitely. He then asserts, after 12 years of economic sanctions, two different arms inspection forces, several Security Council resolutions, and now with more than 200,000 American and British troops at his doorstep, Saddam Hussein still refuses to give up his weapons of mass destruction. Um, in fact, the facts show that Saddam Hussein allowed weapons inspectors into Iraq with no strings attached in September of 2002. And uh, Bush, of course, and John McCain uh, leading the charge uh, on his right, um, ignored this fact in all of their assertions. They expressed skepticism that he was cooperating with the arms inspectors and indeed the French and German and Russian and Chinese governments refused to vote for the Security Council resolution regarding the removal of Saddam Hussein uh, for that very reason. They wanted the arms inspections to continue because the arms inspectors had not found any quote weapons of mass destruction and the United States government of course never did. John McCain of course asserts in his argument that, uh, quote, Saddam Hussein still refuses to give up his weapons of mass destruction. Later in this remarkable piece, he actually asserts the following. The force our military uses will be less than prior, uh, proportional uh, in the threat of injury we can expect to face should Saddam Hussein continue to build the arsenal of the world's most destructive weapons. Um... Hmm. I don't know that proportional force was ever uh, an issue in, the, in that war. Uh, uh, the United States used its most advanced uh, military weapons that we've ever created, except for nuclear weapons. Uh, we, in fact, used a couple of um, super-secret and top-secret brand-new conventional weapons that were the most powerful uh, weapons ever used in war uh, and, and have ever been used since. I don't think these were even used uh, in Libya uh, recently with these NATO air sorties that were conducted, by the way, mainly by American pilots. Uh, Sarkozy, of course, the president of France, uh, suffered um, big problems politically 
uh, due to the Tunisian crisis, the uh, original country that sort of started the so-called Arab Spring back in uh, late December, early January, uh, uh, less than a year ago. And, of course, the refugee problem that was being created uh, by people fleeing Libya um, after uh, the Civil War started was one of the reasons NATO got involved with this uh, situation, very analogous to the problems that the breakup of Yugoslavia created for the European countries uh, back in the late uh, 1990s that led, of course, to the use of American air power against Slobodan Milosevic. Bill Clinton was the architect of that war, um, and it was an air war. It was not a war in which the United States put in significant ground troops, though the United States, I do believe, uh, did commit uh, some ground forces to the peacekeeping efforts of the United Nations and the so-called NATO forces. Um, the, uh, B- Barack Obama has wisely asserted repeatedly that the United States will not put ground troops into Libya. And uh, I have no reason to doubt his word. Uh, one of the reasons that this so-called revolution, and of course the media is throwing this word around, I don't know that it's a, it's a revolution, it's, it was basically an insurrection that started... Uh, in the eastern part of Libya, the Benghazi side of the of the country, and Gaddafi simply didn't have the military capability to put down the insurrection. So the civil war continued, and NATO, primarily the British, French, and Americans, who are three members of the permanent three members of the three of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council, um, were able to assert NATO. Um, justification for their use of air power and uh, whether this is going to work out in the long run is anybody's guess um, as I say I think that it Qaddafi uh, is much more complex than the media suggests he's not only considered a leader of uh, of uh, uh, he's actually considers himself an African leader um, he's always had uh, difficult relations with uh, other Arab states um, if you will recall uh, during the uh, Iraq War, Gaddafi made a deal with the uh, Bush administration to uh, effectively normalize relations by, quote, giving up his weapons of mass destruction to the extent that he had them. And Gaddafi was allowed back into the good graces of the Western world. Um, Gaddafi has done this before. Nixon had warm relations with Gaddafi uh, after he took over. Uh, in 1969, because Gaddafi wanted uh, Occidental Petroleum um, to come in and develop their oil fields and use their uh, oil t- uh, technology and engineering to uh, um, assist in, in, in basically enhancing his own wealth over these years. Gaddafi, of course, has been involved in some shenanigans and some of the civil wars that have gone on in Africa. And indeed, if he's fled Libya, I'm skeptical that he has, but if he has, he certainly uh, went south. (laughs) Um, Perhaps he's hiding out in Chad. Uh, Maybe he will turn up in Mali. Who knows? Uh, But I'm sure that eventually he'll be uh, discovered. He used to travel with one of the largest entourages of camels, tents, and all sorts of strange things, and allegedly uh, used to drink raw camel milk uh, from uh, ancient uh, vessels, as they say. Um, John McCain, in his editorial, dated the 12th of March, one week before the Iraq War, uh, asserts that 
the United States, um, he, he makes the argument about the critics. He says, the critics also object because our weapons do not discriminate between combatants and non-combatants. Did the much less discriminating bombs dropped in Berlin and Tokyo of World War II make that conflict unjust? You know, trying to compare what we were doing uh, in Iraq to World War II, I think, is patently absurd. Uh, despite advances in our weaponry, Adolf Hitler, by the way, was a major military power who could project power with a Navy, Air Force, and uh, Army uh, all over the globe. Saddam Hussein and Gaddafi have never been anywhere comparable to that. And this idea that they pose threats to the United States is uh, absurd. Um, they have certainly threatened and damaged American corporate interests over the years, but uh, they have uh, no capability whatsoever to directly attack the United States um, by sailing across the Atlantic on camels. Uh, they don't have navies. Qaddafi uh, has some artillery and probably had probably a very small uh, minor um, air force, probably not even comparable to Slobodan Milosevic. In Serbia, uh, McCain asserts, despite advances in our weaponry intended to minimize the loss of innocent uh, civilian casualties, some are inevitable, but far fewer will perish than in past wars. Far fewer will perish that are killed every year by the Iraqi regime that keeps power through the constant use of lethal violence. Far fewer will perish that than might otherwise be, uh, uh, might otherwise, because Americans will accept greater risk to their own lives to prevent civilian deaths. Of course, nowhere in this uh, rosy scenario does uh, John McCain um, deal anywhere with the incredible um, problems that the United States had in occupying Iraq after the as he puts it, the 3,000 precision-guided bombs and missiles in the first two days is intended to damage and demoralize the Iraqi people. It, no, it's, it, he asserts it's intended to damage and demoralize the Iraqi military and to dissuade Iraqi leaders from using weapons of mass destruction. He asserts this weapons of mass destruction throughout this, uh, this uh, debate uh, regarding Iraq. And um, later in the... Um, Peace, he says, many critics suggest that disarming Iraq through regime change would not result uh, in an Im improved peace. There are risks in this endeavor, to be sure, but no one can plausibly argue that ridding the world of Saddam Hussein will not significantly improve the stability in the region. Oh, really? Uh, I'm kind of wondering about the stability in the region. There seem to be uh, continuing problems with, quote, stability. Uh, from Algeria, um, even Morocco has had some recent uh, rumblings and problems, uh, from Algeria pretty much all the way to Afghanistan. Um, interesting that the United States pursues a policy of overthrowing um, Saddam Hussein, Gaddafi, uh, but is sort of silent and uh, his, Obama's critics are even uh, silent about the force used by uh, Saudi Arabia in Bahrain. Of course, Syria is uh, also engaged in an uh, insurrection of sorts. Protests are happening galore. 
and indeed uh, the younger Assad may be next. Well, we'll give John McCain a brain damage award for actually critiquing the victory of uh, the the overthrow of Gaddafi. Even even when America wins wars, John McCain's got his uh, two farthings worth of criticism uh, ready at the gun uh, for the Sunday talk shows. Um, speaking of uh, other morons, and, and by the way, on this issue of the, the Libyan war, um, one expert, I, I heard some financial experts talk about the price of oil. Libya has this very desirable sweet crude is what it's called. But the Libyan war has actually cost uh, world oil prices about 10 to 20 dollars a barrel of increase. And of course, oil prices have been in the news because Michelle Bachman, in one of the most unbelievable, unbelievably dumb statements of all time, came out and asserted that um, <clears throat> she guarantees that if she becomes president, gasoline will come down to two, less than $2 a gallon and that uh, gas prices um, were less than $2 a gallon uh, when Barack Obama was inaugurated. Um, the facts on that are a little sketchy. Uh, I checked the graph. It's possible that they were around $2 a gallon uh, when Barack Obama was technically inaugurated. But she overlooks the fact that they were uh, over $4 a gallon at the end of George Bush's presidency. And she also overlooks that the slope-intercept of oil prices... Uh, actually began to increase uh, rather uh, in an upward direction, starting with the war in Iraq. That's when oil was trading at $27 a barrel, and the uh, retail price of gasoline at the time was about $1.50. Oil prices have indeed gone up um, uh, this past year, uh, thanks to the usual suspects. Um, And needless to say, this war in Libya did not help. But uh, when we have a week in which um, Rick Perry calls evolution a theory with gaps in it uh, and asserts to a nine-year-old youngster that in Texas we teach both creationism and uh, evolution, which apparently turns out to be false. Um, Creationism is not apparently taught in Texas. not everywhere, anyway. It's apparently taught in some schools. But uh, I wanted to give him a brain damage award on that score. Um, he's gotten himself into a lot of, you know, there's an old saying in Texas that he's all hat and no cattle. Uh, I prefer to paraphrase a uh, former a wit from Texas named Molly Ivins that used to write uh, very wonderful columns in The Nation and the Progressive Magazine from time to time, who has since uh, passed away. Um, she once remarked about a uh, Texas uh, legislator who apparently, to hide from the media, was hiding in a piece of his own furniture in his house somewhere, like a kind of like a box. Um, he said his IQ is so low, uh, they're going to need to start watering him twice a day. Well, I would suggest that Rick Perry and Michelle Bachman be watered twice a day, both of them, so we can water them four times a day um, because they're, um, Michelle Bachman's assertions about $2, uh, $2 gallon gas is just fantasy. Um, it really will never be uh, $2 a gallon again. Uh, the reason that it went, by the way, from over $4 down to $2 in late 2009, this, this 
decrease in gas prices had nothing to do with energy policy that the Bush administration pursued. It had to do with the collapse of world trade and the global recession. Uh, Floyd Norris has documented, by the way, that world trade declined uh, during that period of the financial crisis of 2008, the one that uh, George Bush and deregulation and Alan Greenspan and the speculation in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need to go into all of the causes of the financial crisis, but uh, it was uh, capitalism um, at its uh, worst, and uh, the banks needed the bailout. More uh, de- gory details about those those bank bailouts. Um, that's why the price of gas went down. It had nothing to do with energy policy. Um, in fact, uh, the st- statistics show that America has more oil right now uh, in, um, quote, reserve than ever, despite the fact that the uh, uh, Obama administration recently did release some oil onto the market. So uh, Michelle Bachman doesn't know anything about oil prices. And oil prices, of course, have spiked over the years for various reasons, but most of the reasons have related to America's involvement in wars in the Middle East. Uh, the Yom Kippur War created the first oil embargo back in October of 1973, a way underlooked, uh, overlooked, underreported uh, fact that, uh, that explained why Saudi Arabia embargoed us back then. This led to the uh, gradual decline of the American manufacturing sector. America's had these economic problems for 40 years. Um, Rick Perry, and I'm getting an alert from my uh, reliable engineering chief, Andrew. I'd call him Mad Andrew because I think I saw the motorcycle out there. <laughs> uh, that you are listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and uh, Yasu City Calling will be coming up next. Now, uh, <clears throat> Rick Perry also made a very uh, vituperative attack on Ben Bernanke, um, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Ben Bernanke was appointed by George W. Bush, uh, just for the historical record. And Ben Bernanke has, uh, in my opinion, done some questionable things and some good things. But one thing that's quite clear about Ben Bernanke, he understands uh, that America is... uh, not going to get stimulus money from this Congress because this Congress has the exact 100% incorrect recipe to deal with the jobs problem. How many jobs programs and bills have been introduced by the Republican House of Representatives? The answer is zero. And it is fascinating to me that the big debate about QE2, uh, there are rumors that Bernanke may uh, initiate a QE3 later in the week, when he gives a speech from some mountain out in Wyoming in the Jackson Hole area. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Rick Perry can show up and maybe he can see some burning bushes or something and maybe get some uh, commandments from God, if not Ben Bernanke. But uh, Ben Bernanke initiated QE2 for the historical record within hours of Barack Obama being allowed to hold a news conference the day after the Republicans took control of the House of Representatives. Ben Bernanke's not an idiot. He knew that the Republican House of Representatives and these Tea Party Looney Tunes, Looney Bens, who have the 100% incorrect recipe for our economic problems, we need to spend money now. Uh, Finally, Barack Obama seems to be coming around to this. 
and we'll talk more about his uh, political problems maybe next week when Jim is here because he's uh, continues to be a fascinating uh, political figure for a 